Hey. Here we go. You weren't expecting. You thought we was down and out. <laughs> Hello, so welcome everyone. Do do. We're about to break it down in a minute. <laughs> so welcome to plaid skirts and basic black. Um, our surprise social distancing episode. <laughs> yes. So we are happy that you are. I'm trying. I'm just waiting for the breakdown. Um, that's not what I meant to do. I don't know how to stop things right now. Apparently, <laughs> I just like because you're the whole theme song. Apparently, I'm like trying to turn it down, and I'm like I'm turning Shannon down. It has not been this long since we've recorded an episode. No, like, <laughs> not even a month. <laughs> like, like, how have I forgotten all of our skills? Yeah, you're right. Not even a month. It's almost a month because we did that leap day episode. Mm-hmm. So there's that. So yes, yeah, so surprise. Um, social distancing has brought out the creator in all of us, it seems. Mm-hmm. And so Shannon and I decided that since we have a little bit more free time, Shannon's Lent was supposed to be jam-packed. And yeah. um, I don't know if you saw that meme going around that it was like, um, turns out we're all giving up something for Lent, yeah. whether we want it to or not. So we well, hope Yeah, that I saw some other ones that said like, I didn't expect to give up this much, much for Lent. Lent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, that's, that's real. And here you go. And so we just want to say that we hope that you are doing well, whatever level of quarantine you may be under. I don't know if you saw those different levels. It was like one through five. <laughs> I really want to be at a four. Like I want to be at a four, but I'm at a 3.5. <laughs> I was like, that's not good enough for me. Um, and that we, we know that we, we just know that we are praying for you and we want you to join us in praying for all those affected by the virus for healthcare workers, grocery store staff, garbage men, everyone making all, making our lives run. Right. Mm-hmm. Because as inconvenienced as we are, our lives really aren't off track. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's just it's just inconvenient. Right. You know, like we haven't we haven't missed out on a lot. We just missed out on mm-hmm. personal comfort. Oh, hey, for our new viewers, I'm Marcia. And I'm Shannon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even say that. I was like getting into this a whole conversation. Um, <laughs> and so Shannon and I know that God is good all the time, and we will make it out of this. We God is good all the time. So, yes. So, Shannon, do you want to talk about what's happening in a couple days? Yes, I'm so excited. So, just a couple days uh, to make this quarantine just a little bit brighter for all of you. We are hosting the hosting <laughs> hosting the first ever. <laughs> PSBB Netflix party, uh, hopefully not the last ever, but the first ever, Yes. on Friday, March 27th at 7.45 p.m. Central, 8.45 Eastern, uh, and we are going to be watching the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society on Netflix, um, and we hope you will join us. You're more than welcome to watch with us, chat with us, and just have a little fun in the midst of our um you know, six feet uh, away or more uh, yes. to connect digitally. So if you'd like to join us, please email us at, P- excuse me, email us at plaidskirtsandbasicblack at gmail.com. Again, that's plaidskirtsandbasicblack at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at PSBB podcast. So join our Netflix party. Yay! Yes, <laughs> Netflix party. I have not seen it. Have you ever seen that movie? I've never seen it, but I know. I have. I have the book. I love it. I'm so excited. Okay. It's awesome. like just a delightful little movie. So, so That's excited. Cool. Okay. So Shannon, how's the weather mm-hmm. in your neck of the woods? Oh my goodness. Quarantine. Um, Quarantine weather check, everybody. It is. I, I'm calling it murky today. Uh, so I have what I believe is a head cold and allergies because I had it beforehand and it's kind of migrated down to a cough, but like I am freaking out anytime I, I like cough or sneeze or like move the wrong way. I think I have the coronavirus. Coronavirus. (laughs) Everything. I'm like, Oh no, I, uh, cut my hand I have the coronavirus like stuff that doesn't even relate you know my hair feels oily it's coronavirus like this these are not symptoms people and like that I shouldn't be this anxious um and it's funny because like normally I'd be on high alert mom anxiety right now but I'm not it's like high alert like 
everything is, you know, sickness and it's all going to be fine. Um, but anyway, I'm just trying really hard to enjoy my children. So like, it's kind of murky. It's hard to see. It's, I'm confused a little bit as to what is actually the coronavirus (laughs) and, um, and you know, like, but also, uh, you know, we, we sort of make it through. I feel like I'm on a boat with a paddle and I'm just kind of, you know, paddling mm-hmm. and then the fog opens up and I see something else and just trying to avoid, you know, like the rocks. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, um, and also, you know, like we're quarantined at home with four young children. It's a little tight. It's a little, a little stressful. So uh, that adds to the murkiness as well. How about you, Marcia? Uh, things a little bit hazy. I don't know. I mean, it's just a different way to say murky. So (laughs) I was thinking, I was like, I'm like, I just, everything feels so hazy. Um, I, it's so funny. I am a homebody. Like I am legit a homebody. And so I'm like, yeah, I got this. This is fine. But I can't, I like my alone time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, but I was like, oh yeah, I can go see a movie. No, I literally Mm -hmm. cannot go see a movie. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like. Because I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, this is not. I'm like, I have all this time and I can't go see a movie. I missed so many. I was so busy last year. I didn't see enough movies. And I was like, that was kind of my plan for my life. Um, Mm -hmm. And so everything's closed. But it's just been hazy. I actually, I don't have any kids in my house right now. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's kind of locked down. And I was like, well, if. If there's going to be a lockdown, I didn't know schools are going to be closed, but I knew it was just kind of going to be like, um, I didn't know how it was going to be. So I was trying to get them to go on home visits before that lockdown. Those who could go on home visits should go on home visits. And so I had it arranged and then they decided they're like, we're going to, if you go on a home visit this weekend, you can't come back until after spring break. And that's what they did. it. And I was like, oh my gosh, no one's going on home visit now. But two kids did. And I was like, okay, fine. And then they closed schools. Like, Friday at 4, they're like, boom, schools are going to be closed from Tuesday to whatever. And then we were all scrambling to get kids home because they, if they, if they, home families can receive them, then, you know, if they're going to do e-learning. They might as well just do it at home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're fortunate that all of my kids had family that could receive them. And so, because who wants to be, like, it's a, it, there's a whole self-quarantine thing happening and you're not with your family, like that probably doesn't feel super great, you know? Uh-huh. And so I was really, I was really fortunate that all my family, all my kids' families can receive them. So I'm working in different homes where like, there are some kids that are here or things like that. I think the most any home has is like four or five kids. Um, and there are some kids that can't be received by family until spring break because they're little and there's no childcare, and they still have to go to work and, you know, so it's just, but it's kind of crazy, but yeah, so it's kind of hazy. Cause it's like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know what day it is. I don't know what's happening. I, today's Monday, but I just realized that. So, <laughs> so that's my weather. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I apologize everyone. You may hear some children yelling in the background for me. That's just where we are. Well, uh, that's where everyone is, Shannon. It's okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about our uh, topic for today. I'm so excited. We're talking about Self Made, the series on Netflix about uh, that's inspired by the life of Madam C.J. Walker, who is the first American woman to become a self-made millionaire, and of course, a black woman as well. Yeah, so like, woo! we gotta cover this. As soon as we saw it, I was like, we're doing this. Yes. Um, and since we have all this free time, we might as well. So, and on the plus, she's also from my city. As many of you know, I live outside of Indianapolis. This is where Madam Walker uh, set up shop. And uh, it's great. Like, this is so cool for me because, like, I can still go to the theater she built. You don't see that in this first episode, but I'm sure it'll be covered. Um, and I can go to, like, her neighborhood where she was and all of these things. Like, there are things all over our city. Um especially in the black neighborhoods that she helped to build and make and like, um, and they had this wonderful, uh, school that was an all black school before integration happened called Christmas Attics. It's still there. Um, and it became, um, it was the school where Oscar Robinson went and it became, they became the first all black school to win the state championship in, um, Indiana for basketball. So like all of this is all, 
part of this like big long history of things that happened in Indy and it's really wonderful um and uh you know I think it's just really cool that we we kind of forget how one person's life can affect another you know um to this point where a community can become such a um like hotbed like I think of Harlem during the Harlem Renaissance right Mm -hmm. like um you know individuals might just be living their lives but because we all contribute to the culture it becomes uh history sort of snowballs into this beautiful thing so uh and she was in Harlem for the Harlem Renaissance like she like Matt I don't know if they're gonna touch on that but she was there and I think her house is still standing it might be a museum Mm -hmm. her house in Harlem so that's pretty cool so awesome so this episode Shannon Yes. Um, so I, I, it was so good. Like, okay, first of all, Octavia Spencer. She is amazing. She's amazing at everything. I really think, like, I mean, it's so strange. It's like, she's really good at what she does. Oh, yeah. And she's just, oh, my gosh, she's always, she is always amazing. Um, so, Octavia Spencer, she plays Sarah Breedlove, um, mm-hmm. who managed C.J. Walker. Uh, that's her. That's her name. That's her. Mm-hmm. Outro. Um, and it talks. It's the starts off about how it's basically her origin story. It's she was having a really hard time with. I think it was like alopecia was part of it, and mm-hmm. like dandruff buildup. Like she was and like stress. She was just losing her hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was having a really hard time with it, and had a really bad problem with like dandruff and like the scalp and all these things. And so Addie, well, they call it Addie Monroe. Well. It was at it was at Johnson. I thought it was Adam Monroe. Well, the real person. Uh, yeah, Monroe. Sorry. Yeah, um, but the yeah. real person was somebody Johnson. Like it was um, not. Um, what yeah. was her name? <laughs> so I read off the notes. That's why I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> it's Adam Monroe. But that wasn't her real name. Her real rival was something else, and she ended up becoming a millionaire too. But it was a whole thing. But um, she gave her. Like, showed her how to help her with her hair, and her hair started growing, and it was really amazing, and she got her confidence back, and, um, and she's trying to get, you know, get people out there to sell her products, and she, there are two girls that were there, and she was giving them tips about how to sell it, and how to combat, like, some customer service questions that might come, you know, giving them really easy answers, and solutions, and things like that, and she's like, that's really smart, and the whole time, Eddie sees her as inferior, and she's, even though she's helping her and the word of mouth and her testimonials are selling Addie's products, she still doesn't think that Sarah is pretty enough uh, or fashionable enough to sell, to be the face of her product. Mm-hmm. She, uh, so the women that are selling her products are slim and they're light skin. Uh, mm-hmm. And Addie herself is tall and slim and light skin with long, beautiful hair and Sarah is a plus size woman. She's short and she's dark. And mm-hmm. that is, and that's not the, that's not the quote unquote ideal beauty. Mm-hmm. I mean, Octavia Spencer is a very beautiful woman. And so she even said, there was even a line that was so upsetting. She said to her, um, even in your Sunday best, you look like you're, you're going to a plantation. Yeah. And it was rough. right. It was like, Oh my gosh. And so, so it tells that story about how she started, then how she how she still sold. She was able to still sell her product, and Annie was mad about it. Um, and then her husband, her and her husband moved to Indianapolis after her mm-hmm. product started to take off, and she made her own product. And when she realized that she wasn't accepted, so and so then Addie moves to Indianapolis, sets up a rival downtown salon, and. Like, Sarah just goes in. She's like, I got this. She's like, it's like, go big or go home. And she's like, I'm not trying to go back home. And so, so then she, when the episode ends where there's a, there's a fire in the basement where her son-in-law, because he left some product unintended because he went and took a smoke break. Uh-huh. And so she's like, and uh, Addie's trying to take her customers and she's like, nope, I'm going to have, I'm going to build a factory. And uh-huh. Shannon, does that happen? In fact. It does. Spoiler alert. <laughs> can go visit it in Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Shannon, what are your thoughts about the episode? Uh, I mean, this was so great. I, I can't wait to watch the rest of it. Um, it was so engaging. Um, 
I really, I really loved every minute. I was engaged from like the first moment. I was upstairs brushing my teeth when I started watching it on my phone because my kids were like watching Frozen Two or something downstairs again. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> They're going uh, into the unknown. Yeah, they uh, for the nine hundredth time. Um, <laughs> and but I, I loved, I love a historical drama. I loved this particular story is great, and. I love the mix of the drama with the modern music. Like the first time a hip hop song came on, it was wonderful. And I love that they worked with this idea of Jack Johnson and the, um, you know, the fight, the quote unquote great white hope mm-hmm. fight. Um, and having Octavia Spencer and uh, I can't remember who plays Addie. Uh, Carmen Edgio. Yes, thank you. And, and they, um, she played Coretta Scott King in yes, Selma. Yes, I, I know all these things, but okay. I never research, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and like, and their, their hair changed in the ring and like, it was more modern and everything. I just loved it. Um, because it really was, it became like a celebration of larger black culture, not just sort of this, um, in the yes. moment, uh, historical drama of we're only going to sort of focus in this um, part and really so many of the issues that they talked about are still issues today um, obviously we're not concerned too much with you know people just getting off the plantation or things like that but um, you know certainly black hair which we're going to talk about mm-hmm. a little bit later is still something um, the one thing that really hit home with me um, as a biracial person uh, was the issue of like darkness, um, dark skin versus light skin, uh, and really this idea that people really believed that light skinned people were superior um, because, of course, they had white privilege in a way that mm-hmm. dark skinned people did not. Um, and, you know, like there, there's some bad history of that. There's bad history in the black church of things like the paper bag test. So if you were darker than a paper bag you couldn't come into some churches like that's horrible um and and it you know the um sarah pointed this out at some point when i said like oh um you can't sell this she said only mulatto girls can sell this and she's like you know the only reason they look like that is because their grandma or their mama was raped yeah like yeah that's That's real true not to say that there weren't occasional mixed marriages but that really was the case um and so um it's it's got a lot of historical baggage that goes along with that um and for me being a light-skinned black person obviously I'm not quote-unquote black in the traditional sense of like my skin being dark um you know I live with that privilege every day um but I also have to acknowledge and reckon with the history that goes with behind it um, and reckon with what it means to live in the world with white privilege, to be treated differently, to be able to, like, I never have to worry about where I go or what I do or whether or not people are going mm-hmm. to accept me walking into a store, going to the airport, um, you know, anything like that, uh, I never have to worry about it. I go to a job interview and I know people are going to accept me without a thought. Um, and some people don't have that because of the color of their skin. Um, and it's really easy when you live with that to get in a mindset where you take it for granted, where you don't think about it and therefore end up both reinforcing stereotypes and contributing to the oppression of people who are darker skinned. Um, And I think that is one thing about being um, biracial, um, being mixed, that one, I take very seriously, but also two, um, I um, is different perhaps than people who um, don't, weren't aware of their heritage of their African heritage um, or also um, people who in the past maybe tried to pass Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar the idea of passing is that someone like me who looked white um, was educated could um, sort of nobody would look twice at 
would deny their African heritage, cut off ties with their family and friends, and um, distance themselves from black culture so that they could live as a white person. Um, mm-hmm. And there are a lot of reasons for that, that they could um, have economic advancement. There were, you know, doors were open to them in a way that they weren't to dark-skinned people. Um, but, I mean, like for me, thinking about that now, it's like so... Uh, in some ways like depressing um that that was a reality that people had to have and so um I really I really loved watching this because it was a good reminder to me especially in the life that I lead uh, the place where I live the family that I have um that really um I could just sort of like live quote unquote as a white person whatever that means like um I know that's a weird thing but um and ignore it and not think about what it means to live with darker skin uh, what it means to um be outside of my culture inside of my culture I should say not outside of it um and and I think this was a really great way to bring that to the forefront um, in something that, um, you know, it's about hair, but it's about all the things that go along with that, about whether or not being European is better um, and all of that. So uh, those are my thoughts. Marcia, what what were you um, <laughs> experiencing during this? Um, <laughs> um, so there are parts of this movie where this movie this episode i felt all of it all the way through so from someone who for a few uh what saturdays uh like i used to go and get my hair done with my grandma grandmother take us to barbara brown to get our hair done and it would we would get it done in her um like in her house in her kitchen with the hot comb like do you know what i mean it kind of brought me back to when i would get my hair pressed Mm -hmm. You know, things like that for Easter Sunday, all of it. And that's just kind of how it was. And when I was growing up, that was, you got your hair pressed. And then when you were at a certain point in your age, if your mom couldn't handle your hair anymore, she was done, you got a perm. And Uh your hair is a lot easier to manage and deal with. And, uh, like, it was relaxed. It was relaxed because it's not really a perm. Because we we get, black people get perms to straighten our hair. Why yes. people get perms to make their hair curly. That's how that works. And so it was a relaxer of people getting their hair. And I didn't get my first relaxer. My mom was very, my hair was long my whole life. And that was like a huge deal that my hair was long. And that it grew and I got it permed and I was had it in braids. And I didn't get my first relaxer until I was 16 years old. And then when I was 20 years old, my I got my hair cut off above my ears and everyone cried. Um, because it was such a huge deal for me not to have hair. So hair and color, um, were, are such a huge deal in the black community. Like if you were light skin, you could get Uh away with having short hair. Uh Right. If you were dark skin and you had short hair like that, like basically Uh it was like, this counts against you. Your dark skin counts against you. So you have to do everything else that you can (laughs) Uh to counteract your dark skin. Uh And there's, so my mom, my mom's experienced a lot of colorism when she was growing up. She was born in, in 1962 and for, she was telling us one time she was trying out to be a cheerleader. And she knew, still when I was younger, she knew all of the cheer routines to her high school, which was down the street from where we lived. And she could tell you all of them and, like, the drill team stuff and everything. And she's like, oh, yeah, I knew all of this. And we're like, well, were you, did you do it? And she's like, well, no, they wouldn't, they didn't let me. And I go, and this is up on, on the south side of Chicago high school. Majority students are black where... They had to, they had these like cowboy hats because they were the Cavaliers, I guess. I don't know. So they had these cowboy hats and they could either, if they were light skinned, they were allowed to have short hair. But if they're dark skinned and their hair didn't come out from under the cat hat, like uh-huh. you couldn't be on the cheerleading. Like, so basically like didn't matter her level of talent uh-huh. um, or ability or anything. It was, it was all about her skin color, uh-huh. which is. So, so awful because my mom's a beautiful mm-hmm. woman and, uh, and I just, and it's like, I, and it's, it's insane to me that that was, that was her reality. And that's, mm-hmm. and that was, and that, here's the thing that was in the seventies mm-hmm. that it was in the seventies. Like, cause I was born, I was born her senior year of high school. 
So uh-huh. in my lifetime, my mom experienced this colorism. Uh-huh. I experienced it. Like, I, like, and it was pushed uh-huh. on me. Not in, in a way that my mom was like, you're dark, so you have to have long hair. But she just uh-huh. made, she tried, she, well, parents try to set you up better than they were. Yeah, absolutely. And so it was like, hair was such a big deal. My long uh-huh. hair was a big deal. Growing up, it was, uh-huh. it was, I had long hair. And I still have long hair. Like, I wear my hair natural now. But mm-hmm. if you were to comb it out and pull it down, it's in the middle oh, of my back. It's so long. <laughs> like, it's so long. <laughs> like, but I don't care so much about that anymore. But because it's just like, because I can't. Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit later, too. So it was just really great. I loved how when they were at the farmer's market and she called them to her. And mm-hmm. she sold them based on their shared experience. Yep. She wasn't telling them. She wasn't someone that doesn't understand their plight. She wasn't one of those Uh mixed girls with quote unquote Uh good hair saying Uh you could look like me. Right. Uh Because Addie Monroe was very much her sales point was like, Uh you can look like me. Use these hair products, which is like, that's Uh a whole lie. Right. This is genetics. Still being sold every day. No matter if there is. it's, It's absolutely true. So, so she basically was like, Hey, this is my experience. Don't you want to get out of that? And it was uh-huh. so crazy because she was saying the stuff that was so true. She was like, uh-huh. hey, don't you want to get paid more? Don't you want uh-huh. to get out of these these washerwoman jobs? Yeah. And because in order to get paid more, you need to have a job where you can be seen. And you uh-huh. can't be seen if you don't look the part. And uh-huh. it was very – and it um something that really drove home to me that we totally had a conversation about this too – was like so we know Madison CJ Walker like she is gonna make a ton of money and she lives on <laughs> right and they mm-hmm. talked about the no lie early on and she used lying her products because she's like oh gotta take the lie out but we were just talking about this Shannon how no one becomes an overnight success and it she really yep. talks like about she's like you don't plant a seed and expect fruit the next day and so she that's very much how she was like you don't plan exceed it and expect fruit and it's just it's about hard work it's about perseverance it's about believing in yourself and it's so crazy because as black women we get so many doubters and haters like and it's real and and it's based on just how we look like nothing else right and and it's insane because the people that i know who have the most ability to persevere and to succeed and to do whatever they put their mind to and to just get everything done, even though they have like they and keep all of the balls in the air and the plate spinning are black women. And it's very much like silencing everyone else. And that's exactly what she talks about in this episode, silencing everyone else. And, mm-hmm. and she complete. and here's the thing. And something I noticed in this episode, I don't know if it's going to come back later. She got long hair and she's like, great. I have long hair. But at no point does she say, I feel beautiful. I feel this. Uh-huh. She's like, and because, and because here's, I say this, I tell this to people all the time. I go, I don't think I felt pretty. Like, I don't think that I felt pretty until uh-huh. maybe 15 years ago. Like maybe the first time that I could say it and not give myself lip service. Do you know what I'm talking Like, I don't uh-huh. like, and, and it's, and a lot of it has to do with like, how we're perceived and what the European standard of beauty is and what I've been told and having to shut that down and succeeding anyway. And like, I was like feeling this. I was like, at no point though, does she have this whole self-esteem boost? Uh-huh. And it's, it just shows you how so much of the black woman self-esteem isn't like, if we don't have self-esteem from our looks, which is uh-huh. hard to get for black uh-huh. women because like, and we're not ugly. Like black women are amazing. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. We're so beautiful. Yes. We've got great skin, great teeth, great. You know what I mean? Like it's yep. awesome. Like all that melanin, it's like legit no magic here. and popping. And so, <laughs> but our self-esteem has to come from achieving and uh-huh. not from <laughs> aesthetics uh-huh. essentially. And so that was kind of where it's one of those. And like her story has that line between achievement and aesthetics and, and it's kind of like, oh my, like I was just, like, I was seriously feeling it. And this is coming on the heels of, I don't know if you guys have seen it out there. And I don't know if you've seen it, Shannon. There is this video. It was viral. It went viral on Instagram. So this just mm-hmm. girl was like getting her hair done. And so her, she was getting like her locks um, re-rolled. And mm-hmm. she, and the, so the, the, I think she's a singer or a 
some type of performer. So she had it on live, and I think she was like talking to her people on live and had and doing this girl's hair. And the girl looks over to the fo- like the phone where the live is being from, and she's looking at herself, and and this little black baby, like she's probably four or five, and she looked at herself and she goes, "I'm so ugly." Like that's what she said, and I was like, "I oh my girl, you know I cry right?" And she was, "I'm so ugly." And the like she's like, "What you say?" like Uh what and she's like you are so pretty don't say that and like she was very forceful that the girl when she heard this like she didn't know what to do with all that emotion for hearing Uh that she was pretty just broke down in tears on this instagram Uh and it's gone viral like it's crazy Uh like i'm loving it i think it's amazing it's like yes black girl magic all of it Uh and i just and i think that's all part of what's going on with the Uh yeah with just this episode is so great. Like, you talked about all the tech. I, I'm like, this is how I felt. Like, you talk like, oh, it was great to see this. Didn't know this. I'm like, no, I felt all that black girl magic. Like, uh-huh. I felt all that black girl magic when people try to clip your wings, when people try uh-huh. to kill your spirit. I was like, I uh-huh. know that. I know what it is to feel ugly. And, uh-huh. um, and it's not even, like, I don't know. It's just, I know, I know what that is. And so. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, well, we can just move into our next thing. We're going to talk about black hair yeah. for, like, just Let's a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about black hair. We're going to talk about, so, so I, I, I have black hair. Like, I do. Mm-hmm. I'm so <laughs> We've talked about this before. <laughs> right. So, um, so there is a lot with, with black hair care and the black hair aesthetic. So there, I want to say, well... <laughs> We had our hair, like, when we were plant- when we were in the fields, like, doing all the, like, you know, mm-hmm. being slaves, like, our hair was pulled mm-hmm. up. It was in braids. It wasn't very nice. And, you know, yeah. and we didn't show it because it just wasn't, um, it, just, it was not, slave. yeah, like, we're a slave. <laughs> don't like, do that. you're a slave. You don't, don't need to show it. You don't need, like, it's, like, it's functional. It's fashion, not function. And so a really great line that uh, Madam C.J. Walker said in the episode was that are you look uh, about hair how it mm-hmm. could be freedom or bondage mm-hmm. and that is so crazy true so but that can be taken in a lot of different ways so there's this documentary called good hair and yeah, chris it. rock um chris, he's, rock. chris rock did it he produced it and it That's it is so- one of the most amazing things to behold Right. Mm-hmm. Like you realize how much of your self-esteem and your beauty standards are wrapped up in other people making money off of you and telling you that you're ugly or not good enough. Mm-hmm. And so she when Madam CJ Walker was selling, she said, you want freedom or bondage. Right. And so it was kind of like, oh, this hair that is nappy and like not she didn't say nappy, but you know, what I mean, like your hair the way it is at this time is holding you back. It is bondage. Because and it's bondage because that's how society doesn't think that it's okay. Right? But don't you want to be free? Don't you want to create something for yourself? So let's let let's get your hair long. Let's get a hot comb. Let's you know what I'm talking about? Like all these things, this hair growth, hot comb, all these things, so like you can have a little bit more freedom. Because that's that was very much the truth back then. If you want it, freedom or to build something for yourself, you had to uh, adapt and assimilate to beauty standards that have been thrust upon you. Yeah, and so, and then, or do you want to choose bondage, which is like having your hair hold you back and things like that. And I think now, um, since I think like, I think of the world pre good hair and post good hair, but even though I've done this for a while, like it's been, gosh, I've worn my hair natural for years. Like Uh for gosh, since before Macy Gray was a thing and people Uh were okay with my hair once Macy Gray was a thing. So like, I was like, I know it was before Macy Gray because people were like, Uh are you Macy Gray? And I go, that is a weird question to ask someone who Uh does not look like Macy Gray. Uh So, but, um, and I, I think of it as opposite now. Where the bondage is assimilating and the straightening uh-huh. of your hair and the relaxers. Like, that's my uh-huh. own personal view. Um, and making your hair seem more like European, quote unquote European. Yeah. Um, and I think the freedom is embracing my hair the way it grows out of my hair head. And not letting that prevent me from earning a paycheck 
or a Uh life for myself or Uh preventing me from being more of who I am. And Uh so no matter what, like black hair is important. And gosh, Uh if you go to like, so you're saying like, you probably want to say this part about how it's important no matter what continent we've been on. Uh Right. Like I used to get my hair like braided by Senegalese women and Uh they're from Africa braiding that hair and it was beautiful and amazing. Uh Right. Our Uh hair Shannon, black hair is so amazing. Like, it can be a work of art. Like, it's crazy. I love it. I, yes. I, it's just like, why can why can we not celebrate that more? Like, I don't need to straighten yeah. this hair for it to be beautiful. Um, it is yeah. a huge part no, of. I like, wish I could do that to my hair. I know, I know, I know. Sh- Shannon, okay. I Shannon. love my hair now. I love it. I made my piece and embraced my hair, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But. <laughs> But yeah, I just, so yeah, I, I, I wear my hair natural and I'm proud to, and I love it. I, and it's funny. So when I got my job, when I was moved to Terre Haute, Indiana, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm moving to this place, a small town in Indiana. I went to my job interview and I made a choice. I made a choice. And here's the thing. I, I think when I, it was hot, it was summertime. So I was like, okay, I'm going to pull my hair back, whatever. Uh-huh. But, and that, and the, I thought, I originally thought that that was my choice, that it, it's summer, it's hot, pulling my hair back, going yeah. to this interview, it will be fine. And I realized, though, subconsciously, I was like, I'm going to interview with a ton of white people that don't know yeah. me, probably, you know what I mean, like, have no, like, I'm some girl from Chicago, I'm going to, I pulled my hair back, like, really, really tight in a ponytail, and the back of my hair, like it looked cute the way that it was, you know, uh-huh. the way that I did it. It wasn't like I hid my hair. I didn't look like a Robert Palmer girl, but I smoothed it back. Uh, probably one of the only times I've used edge control in a really long time. Um, <clears throat> and I did my hair and I went to the interview. I wowed them. I got the job. And my very first day, it wasn't hot outside. I remember when I came in to sign the contract and do whatever, um, my hair was down. And I didn't think about it because, and I walked in and later on, someone who was on the interview committee said, they're like, yeah, when we met Marcia, that hair was wrapped up tight. We didn't get to know who she really was until she came to sign the contract and her hair, what, and it was just big and wild. And I was like, oh my gosh, do you know what I mean? And it, it made me wonder like, would I have gotten the job if I came in with big and wild hair? Like, would that have happened? And my hair wasn't even big and wild, Shannon. Like, I have big hair, but it's not, like, insane. You know? Like, it's It's not like, it's not like Erica Badu at Dave Chappelle's block party, which is amazing. And I want, (laughs) so that's, yeah, so that's real. I was like, so, and he's like, yeah, it was all wild. And I'm like, but I, you know what I mean? Like, um, so, anyway, so that was kind of, like, where... I could see that, and I was like, did I do that subconsciously so that I could get this job? And then, as if to make a point, when I went to take another job in a different church where, like, I don't think there were any black parishioners at all, I wore my hair down. Like, going in. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to wear my hair down. And and so, because it did hold you back. People say, like, talk about how natural hair is unprofessional. And I was like, this is literally just, it's just curly. It's the way it grows out of my head. Yep. And so I don't, so I, I don't like if, and I, and I, and I just wear it out the way that I want to and either take it or leave it. And if you want to leave it, that's fine. I didn't need you anyway. So. Yeah. And I definitely just having curly hair that's, you know, mine is very thin, but it's very curly. So it um, is a little more like quote unquote, as people would say, tame, even though it's not, but like, I experienced that a lot too with more like quote unquote white hair. Um, like when it's frizzy because it's literally, you know, raining and I cannot control it unless I'm like slicking gel on there and looking like I just like oiled myself or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like I just got out of the shower. Uh, you know, like it just frizzes and that's how it is. Like that's how curly hair is. And I'll be told like, oh, you look tired or like told I look less professional that day. Um, and I definitely think a lot of this also has to do with how we as a culture police women in general, um, but particularly women of color. Um, and like, uh, I, I definitely get really frustrated, um, with like that I can be treated differently 
again when I'm wearing my hair like in a ponytail and it looks very straight and like I look more white versus when I have curly hair and people are sort of looking at me like oh or they compliment me on how beautiful my curls look and then they say like we were so impressed at the that presentation um we didn't expect someone (laughs) I mean like yeah they don't say so many words but like we didn't expect someone as pretty as you or with your kind of look to like be so intelligent like yeah like because I'm a beautiful woman like I can't have a master's degree and like be intelligent and speak like I don't understand Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and that's again I think a lot of how we police women in general um and I also like as I was thinking about this just thinking about hair care products in general um you know I totally understand why Madam Walker made it big because like even until very recently, maybe 15 years ago, um, from what I can remember, there were very few products in grocery stores, Mm -hmm. um, non-black-owned salons, anything like that for people with curly hair, period. And there are a lot of white people out there with curly hair. (laughs) And, you you know, I I talk to my white friends with curly hair, and they have the same experience. It's like, oh, when we finally got whipped cream mousse or whatever – and many of them use black hair care products because yep. that, you know, like that is good for curly hair. It helps it, it, um, you know, actually helps it grow instead of just trying to control it all the time. Like I, th- I think I've been thinking about this with the, the quarantine, like we try so hard in our American culture to control everything, our hair, our looks, like everything. And, uh, <laughs> instead of just embracing how God has made us, whether it's with curly hair or light skin or dark skin or, um, you know, I am, I am so ashy right now from watching me. <laughs> I am girl. Girl. Yes. So, um, and like, and so like this story is set in 1910 and until probably 1999, 2005, somewhere in there, like we, we still didn't have products. It was just whatever, you know, black owned businesses, make them and you know it's it's not surprising that so many of the people black people who were successful um in the time between you know um the end of the civil war until now when we're finally embracing uh, as a wider culture people of color um that so many of them were making products for what black people need every day, like hair and, um, Oh girl, we have blue magic. We have blue magic, pink oil moisturizer and luster silk. We knew black people taking care of themselves. So like, no wonder there were millions of dollars to be made Mm -hmm. because nobody was doing anything. And there's millions of black people who need stuff. (laughs) Well, she said that she goes, there are 3 million black women in America. And if if I can just want all of them to buy just one, she'd Mm -hmm. be a millionaire. I was mm-hmm. like, that's so true. <laughs> that's so true. Shannon, what products do you use? Um, I use a lot of Shea Moisture. I use Camilla mm-hmm. Rose. Um, they tend to have more products for uh, thinner hair for that mixed girls have. So, like, I, um, that is helpful. Um you know, I use some Moroccan oil, all the oils, all the oils that black people have known about for a long time that everybody is now discovering are good for their hair. Right. Hair they have. Um, so those are kind of the two I use for the most part. But uh, it is kind of hard still finding stuff for my particular hair because um, while it is extremely curly, it's not kind of that thick, um, you know, uh and retent like retentive hair is what I call mm-hmm. it that it retains both shape and moisture. Mine doesn't. It, it, it tends to be very um, like th- like I said, thin but also straight. Like it's very easy for me to straighten my hair. I could almost straighten it just by brushing it out. Um, yeah, it's not real. Yeah, that's, so, <laughs> that's not a real statement for me. <laughs> yeah, so it's really hard to find products for my hair because certainly they're not making them for. Um, white people and most black people don't have hair like mine so if anybody is out there with hair like mine and can recommend some products please add us <laughs> right I need help at me on instagram <laughs> team quarter black <laughs> yes 
<laughs> I know there's some of you out there because we're friends on Instagram. <laughs> help me, help me. I use Shea Moisture too, which is so funny. I really love Shea Moisture. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a fan of the bonnet, so that definitely helps. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't work for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm all about like, whoop, bonnet, here we go. And yeah, no, Shea Moisture is really what I use. I love Shea Moisture products. They're great. Um, Miss Jessie's is good. And just there, I mean, there are a bunch that I, there are so many that I use. Target has some really great black hair products, just so y'all know. So Target is on it. Like, yes. So, (laughs) um, okay. Awesome. Wow. That was like a whole, I mean, that, that conversation can be a lot, you know what I mean? Like we can definitely (laughs) talk about a lot of that stuff, but I want to, oh, here we go. We got this. Yay. <laughs> Maybe. So we've reached the part of our ser- our service. <laughs> no service. <laughs> of our podcast where we offer things to you. Welcome to the offertory. Yay, offertory. Woo. Take our lives. Take our money. take our lives and our money. Yes, take our lives. I was your enjoyment. <laughs> yes, I was like yes. Well, take our lives and let it be, and all of our money. <laughs> <laughs> or all of your money. I'm oh, not really. Somebody's sure. money is being taken, or maybe or not. Or maybe not, because we can't go anywhere during this quarantine anyway. So no. So there we go. Okay, so Shannon, what do you have to offer? Uh, I have two exciting things. Um, the first is I love, as we all know, historical do- um, historical dramas, uh, period dramas, yes. anything with costumes and dresses and fluff. Um, I also love soccer, but my husband hates historical dramas and period pieces. And no matter how hard I try, I can't get him to watch one until recently. <laughs> That's um, right. You texted me. <laughs> I'm so excited. We have found on Netflix, it just premiered during this quarantine, a period drama by Julian Fellows of Downton Abbey fame. Wait, it's Julian Fellows? It's Julian Fellows. It's even better. I'm not even talking Um, to you. Oh my gosh, I have to watch it now. It's it's called The English Game. It's on Netflix, and it combines my love of period dramas with my husband's love of soccer, and I finally got him to watch one. Yay! (laughs) So, uh, because soccer is, of course, the English game. Um, It's very engaging. Um... He was laughing because he he was saying, like, is this how these goes? Like, you do something bad and then something horrible happens to you, like karma? And I was like, yeah, it's Julian Fellows. That's kind of how it works. And that man does not have a writer's room, unless he does now. But he he does not have a writer's room. And I'm like, yeah, you did something bad. So all of your family died. Like, wait, what? And and I was like, yep, that's really how it is. That's real. So it's actually a very good show um, and really enjoyable. Uh, and then the second thing I'm recommending, because for those of you who are stuck indoors um, with children or with another person or by yourself, whatever, uh, try out some silly uh, indoor Olympics, um, a la the office Olympics on the office. Yes. Flunkerton. Flunkerton. <laughs> Did you say Whatever it is, come up with something that you could do and uh, play some games inside, especially ridiculous made-up things, not just, like, your board games and everything. Get creative. Awesome. Uh, So mine is the Good Hair documentary uh, that Chris Rock did. I have no idea where it is, you guys. I'm not kidding. I rented it when it came out, I don't know how many years ago. So... I should have found out where it is. But, yeah, if you just Google Good Hair Documentary, it'll tell you where you can get it, streaming or what have you. Um, I also have started a talk show on Instagram. It's called Style and Substance. It is every day from 11.30 p.m. until 12 noon. I'm currently trying it. So it's on my Instagram Live. And that's on Central Time. Yes, Central Time. Thank you. Yes. 11.30 a.m. Central Time is my talk show. And I think I think it's good. I had my first episode today, and I think it was fun. We had Noel Garcia on, and I was, I was pretty excited. So tomorrow we're going to have Amanda Martinez back. Oh, that's – today is – today's Monday. Oh, it's Ravenclaw Pride Day. So happy Ravenclaw Pride Day, Shannon. 
So just that. Thank you. I believe I'm a Slytherin, but I'll go with Slitherclaw. Yay. <laughs> I think t- either yesterday, yesterday was Slytherin pride. That's right. I think you're a Slytherin too, but you told me you're a Ravenclaw and I was like, sure. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah. so, so you can watch it when this, when this, uh, post, but, um, also, one thing I want to recommend, so I was trying not to tell you guys to buy things because no one can go out and get it, but you can order this online because they're only online. It's called the Puff Cuff. It is a hair product. It is kind of amazing. It is a like a like almost like a banana clip, but it's round, and it is really great for people with curly hair. Uh, you can so you can style hair without like pulling it with a rubber band and things like that. Yes. Um, and I really love it. So I have, I have like three of them and I can always only find one at a time. So that's a problem, but, (laughs) but yeah, so puff cuff is great. So that is, that is what I have to, to offer all of you. So, so there we go. So I just want to say thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for staying home. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Flatten the curve, everybody. You can follow us on social media at PSBB Podcast. Uh, all of the like, Twitter and Instagram, and we're never on Twitter, but still, it's fine. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at stylishlycia. You can follow Shannon at Team Quarter Black. Yes, and you can please email us to get on the on the Netflix watch um, party, plaid skirts and basic black at gmail.com. We're actually maybe if people email us or post enough questions, maybe we can have a mailbag episode mm, where you yeah. write us some fan mail and we read it you on air. Send um, it we, right? Send it by. Uh, join our Facebook group, Plaid Skirts and Basic Black colon coffee talk for daily shenanigans uh you guys can also post on that group i know some people don't mm-hmm. but it's like post it's okay it's it's the party it's coffee talk um so like i said our netflix party i want to say thank you so that's another time to have fun we're gonna post about that did we post about that on that group we probably did we should probably post again um, um so i want to say thank you to jazar for the song Seas of Mars, Madam C.J. Walker for being a black feminist icon, Octavia Spencer and LeBron James for producing this story, and all those keeping our society running. Shannon, thank you very much for being an amazing co-host. Thank you, Marcia. <laughs> Great to be with you. Yes, and thank you to all of you for always listening. Stay safe, stay home, and we will see you at the Netflix party. Bye. Bye.